0: By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scenza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at Mamajemboshrimp.com. Welcome to this new mini-series on Italian Wine Podcast. Join Stevie and her Just Do the Work team as they travel to Dusseldorf, Germany, to interview some great Italian wine producers. Each producer had submitted one of their wines towards the special Italian trade agency's masterclasses. Each were run by master sommelier Eros Teboni. Join us to get the inside scoop on these fantastic wineries. Okay, so here we are again. Um, And this time um, at this fantastic wine event um, here in Dusseldorf. So I'm here with Andrea Leone from the Familia Cotarella. There you go. Perfect, that's awesome. What do you do for the company? And tell me a little bit about the family history of the company.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm the sales director Mm -hmm. of the company, uh, both for uh, domestic and international markets. So pinpoint a country, a place on a map, I need to be there and make sure that our wines are there. Um, and I've been with the company for three years. I started right before the pandemic, around February 2020. Uh, and what about uh, the family? The family is called, of course, Famiglia Cotarella, uh, two very important names in, uh, I would say, for sure, Italian winemaking, but also world winemaking. Uh, Renzo and Ricardo Cotarella founded the company in 1979. I don't think I need to go into detail and to explain yeah, who they are I and what they do. Know
0: who
1: they are, yes. <laughs> um, but fast forward to 2017, they passed uh, ownership to the daughters. So now Dominga, uh, Ricardo's daughter, uh, only child, uh, is a CEO mm-hmm. and head of sales. Um, Marta and Enrica, that are Renzo's daughters, uh, Marta is CFO and uh, Enrica is a uh, marketing director. So each Uh, um, owner is in charge. They call each other sisters, even though one is a cousin, but each sister is, uh, follows one specific aspect of the company.
0: Okay, no, that's awesome.
1: Yes, (laughs) female-led company, so. (laughs)
0: Love it. No, I love it. Um, So yeah, we are here, and it is bustling today. You uh, were um, here also because Iche, uh, has all these master classes going with uh, Eros Teboni? Can you tell me which master class uh, your wine was featured in, and what was the wine?
1: We were featured in the volcanic uh, wines, mm-hmm. uh, and we presented our sparkling wine called the Best Brut. Okay. Best Brut is a sparkling wine made in Montefiascone. Mm-hmm. Which is a small town about uh, an hour and a half north of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montefiascone is better known for Esd Testo Montefiascone, mm-hmm. the appellation. We make we produce an S Est, two Estes Esto Est Montefiascone, but we also produce a sparkling wine from there, made with uh, Trebbiano, Malvasia, and uh, Ruscito grape varieties.
0: Okay, um, and you are you said that to me. It's not the signature.
1: Type. Correct. Yes. So we are still in Montefiascone. Because our signature wine is made in Montefiscone on mm-hmm. volcanic soils, our signature wine is called Montiano, which is a 100% Merlot. The first vintage of this wine was made in uh, ni- was released in 1995, with vintage 1993, uh, and it's been made every single vintage up to this point. Um, we are quite proud of this uh, this wine uh, made in Montefiscone. Uh, just to give you a fact, uh, when this wine was first released. It was outrageous to produce anything else but an estesteste in Montefiaskone. So when Ricardo started the production of the 100% Merlot, the Bishop of Montefiaskone went to talk to him and try to talk him out of producing this red wine. So that's how, how uh, this wine started with uh, the Catholic Church trying to get involved with the production of our wines. But no, jokes aside, um, we are quite proud with this wine today. Uh, the wine is still produced in Montefiaskone on volcanic soils. Monte is on Lake Bolsena, which is the largest lake of volcanic origin in all of Europe. So basically, one giant volcano of which its magma chamber collapsed and filled up with water thousands of years ago. So the area surrounding the lake is all volcanic soils. Um, today, part of our Merlot vines are grown there, but because of climate change, volcanic soils and warm climate tend to deliver a wine can be overripe on the fruit side and be uh, not elegant. So what we have done over the past couple of years is buy an estate in Castiglione Teverina, which is not too far away from a lake. It's about half an hour drive, but it's a higher elevation on sandy soils. So depending on a vintage on Montiano, whether it's warm or cool, we'll use more grapes on one estate or the other. To give you a practical example, 2017 was a warm vintage, uh, and it did not allow us to use the majority of the grapes from the volcanic soils. So we used more grapes from Castiglione and Teverina, from the sandy soils. Opposite in 2019, which in Italy was a perfect vintage, so we used more grapes from the original estate in Montefiascone and less from uh, Castiglione and Teverina.
0: Okay, okay. Gosh, you are uh, a natural salesman, I can tell, because A, you know so much, um, about your products and just the family and everything but two you just you, you talk about it with you use these stories to support your points and I think I think it's fantastic behind
1: every wine not just our own but every wine that uh, exists here everyone has a story there's a reason why a wine from I have in front of me Greece there's a reason why wine from Greece was made. There's a reason why uh, Armour Low was made. And most
0: people stuck with that, but I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, you're you're natural, well, thank so that's you. that's amazing. Thank you. Seriously. Okay, so I guess I wanted to just uh, ask you two questions. One is completely not what I was going to ask you today. I didn't know I was going to ask you this. The other question is, um, so you guys are here in Germany, you guys export to Germany. Correct, yes. You said that you are everywhere. That you need to go to uh, sell mm-hmm. wine. Yeah. Is there any markets that you would like to? Or you said you're everywhere, mm-hmm. but like, is there any any place markets that, where we're not, or where, where we'd like, like to be, or if you're everywhere, is there any market that you particularly want to? Do so more? when
1: it comes to the markets where um, Italian wines resonate the most. <laughs> Canada, United States, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and we're quite happy with our partners there. As far as places where we are not uh, present and where we would like a presence is Scandinavian markets. So let's say uh, Norway, Finland, and Sweden. We just started last year a partnership with a Finnish importer, Uh, but it's we find it quite difficult to work with these markets because of the liquor boards and the liquor boards always look for something specific based on certain trends in the market, uh, sustainability certifications or organic products, or sometimes it's even a price point. They're just looking at a specific price point and we have not figured it out yet in those markets. So I would say there, and in terms of future growth, I think, uh, you know, growing markets is the future where to go. So, you know, Germany, China, Japan, United States can only grow so much in consumption uh, unless there is some trend that allows you for your wine to be consumed more. So I would say is, you know, uh, African countries. African countries would be something interesting to explore. We are uh, trying to find through some agents ways to go to business in these markets. On the other side, you know, it is quite complicated to work with these markets not just because of the economic situation, but also because of the bureaucratic aspect. Just to give you an idea, for example, not just in Africa, but in Indonesia, we're starting a new relationship with an importer in Indonesia. It took us, it's still taking us around three to four months to prepare all the paperwork to give to the Indonesian importer that needs to bring it to the Indonesian government. The Indonesian government will take nine months to review all the paperwork. And if we have done one small mistake, which I hope we haven't, we have to go back to the drawing board, redo everything, and then we'll take another nine months.
0: So slow and a lot of red tape.
1: Exactly. And how much will you truly get out of these markets? We hope a ton. We hope a lot can, it can do a lot for us. Uh, but some of these markets that you know are growing and expanding uh, are the ones that are also the toughest to go in because of economic and uh, uh, regulatory aspects.
0: I'm sure it's also just because uh, a lot of places. In- you just don't have the experience uh, dealing with them in, from the past, right? Correct, so exactly, because they're brand everything.
1: new. It's brand new, so you have to learn. Sometimes it's needs of a specific market. Mm-hmm. Uh, specific markets consume more white wine. We are in Germany. This is a country that primarily drinks white wine. and We are a company that promotes that works primarily with red wines. So we need to also understand those needs as we're looking at specific markets. What works best in market A? White wines. Okay, what kind of white wines can we offer to this? Um, in a specific market, then you might have, you know, uh, drinkers that like Viognier. Okay, so do we produce a Viognier? Can we produce a Viognier? Mm -hmm. So you have to look at all these different aspects when trying to get into a
0: market. Okay, cool. like you really know your stuff, so uh, I, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I hope but, I do;
1: otherwise, oh, I wouldn't be doing my job. <laughs>
0: well, I'm gonna ask you one last question. I I don't know uh, if I, you know, this is way out of left field, but you were talking about S S S, and I know I've heard the story before, but I, I don't. Do you? Why? What, why you
1: is one? it called S S S? So S is Latin for here. So The label, any Est, Est, Est of Montifiascone will have Est, Est, Est de Montifiascone. So it's here, here, here of Montifiascone. Mm -hmm. And the legend behind the name of this wine goes back to the 1100s, when a German bishop was traveling down to Rome to be with the Pope. And on his travels, he would love to send a scout ahead of him to scout places that were serving good wine. So the scout would find taverns that were serving great wine and write Est on the tavern as in a way for the bishop to see the sign, as in, stop here. And in Montefiascone, uh, the scout falls in love with the wine to a point where he needs to write est, 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 one exclamation point, two exclamation point, three exclamation points, as you need to stop here. This is the greatest wine you'll ever have. And fast po- and the bishop fell in love with the wine himself and decided to uh, move full-time from Germany to Montefiascone. Eventually, he dies of old age, which is the sad part of the story, but the fun part of the story, is that to this day in the main church of Montifioscone, there's a tomb that was made by, the, uh, by the, the scout. And it says, here lies my master for having drunk too much est. Oh, that's
0: fantastic.
1: The other side of the story is that uh, the bishop wanted to enjoy the wine in the afterlife as well. So what happened is in exchange of donating money, church money to the city of Montifioscone, the city of Montifioscone had to celebrate his life by pouring Estes on his tomb. So to this day, Montefiascone, there's a huge celebration for Estes. And Estes is poured on the tomb of the bishop.
0: you so, Swear to God. Wow. <laughs> you see, awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to take I wanted to know. Because I know I've heard something, the bishops and whatever. But that's that's a good one.
1: It's, it's a really funny, fun story. Uh, again, going back to the stories. It's every wine, every appellation. There's a reason why they're called that way.
0: Yeah, I love it. No, you've been great. Thank, thank you so you. much for taking the time to talk to me. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. So,
0: once again, I'm here with Andrea Leone, and I wish you all the best in this fantastic um, show, Fair. event. Fair, exactly. Um, I hope you meet lots of people. And I hope get I get so a lot of money. business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for your time. Me too.